Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. And be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. You can find the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I always call it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from England... My guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who recently released his fourth studio album, which landed on the iTunes best-selling pre-orders list, and MTV Europe Music Awards nominee, Rolling Stone magazine said, quote, it's like the Eagles have hired Jack Johnson for some lessons on lightening up, end quote. One year ago, VH1 released one of his music videos, and the BBC have already picked up one of his songs for rotation. He is touring in England and will soon be performing in the Americas. You've been hearing a song of his entitled Walk Up and Kiss You. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Oliver Sean. Hello, Bruce. Hello, everybody. So happy to be here. Hey, Oliver. uh, So grateful to you for making time to do this with me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's just fantastic that you wanted me to be on the show. No doubt. Uh... Let's go ahead and have you start off by telling the listeners all about that song we opened up with, Walk Up and Kiss You. Well, you know, Walk Up and Kiss You it hasn't been released as, um, as an official single yet. But the reason I wanted you to, you know, I thought you'd, you'd be happy to play that song is because the BBC picked that song up specifically from uh, the Devil in Blue Jeans album. And, uh, you know, they put it up on radio and everybody's been talking about that song. And I thought it's the perfect opportunity to to let people in America hear the song, too, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be the third music video for this album. And it's it kind of shows me singing in a very different style. Uh, uh, me and a lot of falsetto, very, you could say romantic, <laughs> you know, very acoustic rock. Yeah. Well, since uh, unfortunately I was talking over it so much during the intro, just go ahead and tell the listeners what that song is about, since they probably weren't able to hear the lyrics too clearly with me talking over it. Maybe, uh, you know, what your inspiration was, if you remember right. where and when you were when you wrote the song, those <laughs> types of things. Well, um, the, the the title says a lot about what the song is. It's talking about me walking up and, and kissing the girl that I'm singing the song to, but... Um, it's kind of like a, a song that I wrote where people initially think that I'm, I'm singing the song to someone I don't know who I see in the crowd. However, hmm. uh, towards the middle of the song, they realize that that girl's actually my girl, you know, ah. and she's my girlfriend, you know. And uh, so, so that's the, it's, it's just something that came to mind that I, that I would like to do with a girlfriend you know <laughs> my girlfriend you know so and it just uh, t- it's a very romantic song and uh, it starts off me saying you know you look so beautiful or whatever and then and then suddenly realizing that he's actually saying that to his woman not to some girl he's just trying to pick up you know 
Okay, okay. And uh, you you wrote this song when? I, it's not a very old song. It's It was written specifically for this album. Okay. Uh, probably just under a year ago. Okay, okay. Well, you know, on that note, Oliver, um, by all means, congratulations on the new album. Uh, just just tell the listeners about the album in general terms, uh, you know, things like the, the number of songs, who you worked on the album with. Uh, I guess you're, you're already answering a question of how long did it take since you said you wrote that song a year ago. You know, was there an inspiration for the, just those types of details? Of course. Uh, well, there are nine songs on the album, uh, with two of the songs being unplugged versions of uh, New York and First Move, which are the two singles that have been released for the album already. Now, these two singles were released before the album was launched, uh, kind of like a preview to the album. And those are the music videos that are playing on VH1, MTV and all of that. And uh, so two of the songs are unplugged versions of those. So a total of seven originals and two unplugged versions. And uh, the album is very different from my last album which was the so good album that was nominated for the mtv europe music awards uh, this one uh, kind of I, I kind of went more minimalistic let's say with just having my band which is a three-piece a, a power trio is what i call it so it's just bass drums and me doing all the guitars and vocals and uh, that was what i wanted to kind of capture on the album you know uh, because my previous albums have had loads of instrumentation, a lot of arrangement, where you can literally hear like a, a massive band. And uh, I wanted people to hear my my live sound, so uh, to say. It's not really, okay. of course, it's not a live album, but I wanted them to, to hear the song in a raw state, but produced at the same time, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. And I think it turned out pretty good because a lot of uh, reviewers and critics are calling it you know, it, it, they can hear the song for what it is, I think, uh, before all uh, the production is done in it, you know. So I, I kind of like that. I, and I also think the musicians um, bring out their best when it's just three musicians um, in a band. They kind of do as much as they possibly can to fill up the sound. And that's what I've, I've, I think I've succeeded in capturing that acoustic rock sound uh, on the album. Well, and there's something to be said for the fans who are going to hear you somewhere in the world where, unfortunately, they're just not going to get a chance to go and see you perform live. So if this is sort of, even though it's not a live album, like you said, if it's sort of an opportunity for them to hear you in, quote unquote, that type of environment, then you are delivering them something pretty unique, in my opinion. I I hope so. You know, thanks for that. Yeah, I think I think. (laughs) They, they can they can hear my real sound on this album uh, rather than you know an album going into the studio and trying to make it as, as as great as you can by putting different samples and whatever you do but this is live everything is done by a musician by my band and by me and of course every song is inspired by something that I've I've experienced you know or something I have uh, wanted to talk about that's very dear to me so every song is very special to me. Like, for example, there's a song called Somebody uh, on the album. Now, this song, I wrote this song when I was 19. Oh, wow. And Yeah, and it's been changing through the years, you know. So the, so the chorus uh, of the song is what I wrote when I was 19 years old. 
but the but the but the verses and and the lyrics of the song has just been I've been adding to it and changing it probably like a painter you know who who keeps changing mm. that work of art you know and but I think now I finally said I'm ready to release that song and that's Very interesting. probably my yeah it's probably my favorite song on the album because it's so personal to me but I also think that every independent artist should listen to that song because it's it's a true uh, feeling of an independent artist who started out independent and reached wherever he has reached, you know, uh, in the music industry. And it's his take on, on the music industry. I like it. Know. I like it. I, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to back up here. I'm going to, I'm going to sort of call myself out. I'm going to take myself to task here. I, I do find that on a number of episodes of the show that I do ask a guest who has a new album out, you know, what is maybe the theme of the new album? And maybe it's because I'm stuck in the old era of, uh, I was always a big fan of ELO, the Electric Light Orchestra. Uh, and, and and back in those days, you know, when, when bands would release albums that had sort of a theme to them, is, is that a valid question for me to be asking of my guests? Or is it, look, Bruce, I don't have a theme to this album. I just wrote a whole bunch of songs, you know, that uh, I was inspired by various scenarios various uh experiences and there and there is no theme this is just the nine newest songs that i've written well uh, i think theme uh, in a different sense would my would kind of work in this time the time frame of our music industry uh for example uh, my theme would not be a, a particular say theme as you were talking about like ELO and all those bands that made an album with that uh, particular theme. The theme that I would talk about would be the style of arrangement or the style of production or, uh, you know, acoustic rock or power trio rock or pop, you know, that kind of genre rather, because an independent artist is not um, uh, confined to a certain genre so he can experiment, you know. However, songs would uh, would totally be you know songs that have they've been inspired to write at every step of the you know songwriting process so it's not they're not writing songs just so that they can be part of a a theme album Mm -hmm. i don't think that Mm -hmm. that exists anymore you know now everybody just writes songs for whatever they want to write a song about and then they put it together as an album okay but now i'm going to put you on the spot a little bit and say you know there are there are certain instances where your music has to be filed under something. It has to be categorized under something or, or it, with so much distribution on the Internet, they need to know one genre that they want to put it under. So so what do you consider? I don't know if I should say your music. Maybe I should say this album or, or maybe it's the same answer to both questions, your music and this album. What genre? I think, uh, you know, in, in terms of broader genre perspectives, uh, I call my music acoustic rock or just rock because under rock there are so many subgenres, so it's so easy to just say rock, and and that's the easiest way to be categorized in the major music distribution. However, if a fan wants to know my music, I'm going to say, oh, it's acoustic rock mixed with power guitars and soulful singing, you know. <laughs> so so uh, <laughs> every independent artist has this take on their music you know yes, maybe some do. make very <laughs> eclectic music i don't know but mine uh, to be easy if, I, if i'm working with a label for distribution i'll go acoustic rock or mm-hmm. 
you know, just rock or Jack Johnson or Eagles or whatever. You know? Yeah, so that's, in, in some of what I read in, pre- in preparation for this interview, I did see it referred to as, as rock with some uh, elements of soul. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's let's go back. Um, you already started to mention one of them, but but you've already got videos out for two of the songs. Talk about the the videos themselves, as as well as the great exposure that you're getting with those. Wow. I know. Yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, I've had a, a very close connection with the VH1 international and like in Asia and the Middle East and, and MTV because I was also a, a VJ, you know, a video jockey mm-hmm. on MTV years ago when I was a teenager. Uh, so that was when I released my first album and I had a lot of success because I was seen on TV all the time, you know, so uh, and, and I'm a filmmaker of sorts. I kind of make my own music videos and also music videos for other artists. Mm. So uh, I've got that kind of a vision and I'm, I'm pretty good with my camera. So <laughs> make, you know, I make music videos for a lot of artists and they've, they've been featured on MTV and VH1. And my music videos have done pretty well. Uh, also been nominated for an MTV Europe Music Award uh, nomination. Uh, so these two music videos that I made, again, were directed by me, edited by me. But of course, filmed by uh, by other cinematographers like mm-hmm. Wanda and, and people like that. And uh, so the first single was New York, which was uh, you know that was the first single I released from this album before the album was even completed. And we made this really beautiful music video. And uh, this song is one of my few songs that I've collaborated with, and with two artists, uh, uh, a singer from New Jersey called Stacy Shulman, who did mm. backup female vocals and you know very bluesy female singing on it and pete m who's a, a rapper from maryland uh, mm. in the u.s so both of them kind of joined me on the song and we worked it together uh, remotely you know so pm did his part in maryland stacy did her part in new jersey i did my part in england and then we recorded that song that way and then the music video i said you know let's do the same thing and wow. i filmed of course i Everything, you know, on my own over here, you know, I got my people to, to work with me and I directed the video. And then I told PM, go to the street in Maryland wow. you know, and get someone to do this, this, this and this. Wow. And so he did that and he sent that to me. I told Stacy, go to a studio in New Jersey and get yourself filmed singing. And, and you know, so mm-hmm. she sent that to me. So mm-hmm. I edited all this together and we made mm. just this fantastic video. Amazing. And uh, VH1 put it up as an exclusive and rtp in portugal because i'm portuguese so they played it on national tv there and 9xo another channel that works with me on my tours and stuff they played the video so it it did really well now this is the point where i have to jump in and ask how you got connected in the first place with these two individuals here on the east coast of the united states that you're referring to yeah well uh you know i also have like a podcast that i uh, produce every week uh where i introduce musicians that I like, you know, so these guys work with me. I also I produce an album called the Independent Number Ones and the Goa Chill Out Zone compilation albums mm. uh, that I, you know, get songs by different artists and they put this out and I, uh, I we, we distribute this for free to major labels that I work with, like Universal Australia or Sony at times in, in India and, and venues that I perform at, you know, got close connected. So we put the CD out and, and give these musicians, me included, in this compilation, 
uh, we get a lot of exposure and a lot of radio airplay and stuff like that. So I met these musicians uh, through these compilations, you know, and through this through this little radio show that I had, Fantastic. which is broadcast on national radio in India as well. So. Uh, so I met them there and uh, we got together and I really liked these guys. And I said, you know, I'd like you to join me on the song. And they were more than happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand that you've got two more songs that, that you'll be doing videos for. Uh, which which songs? And, and I'm tempted to ask, um, you know, why the obvious emphasis on, on videos? But I, but I imagine that's as simple as, you know, because video is, is so popular today with smartphones and tablets and and, and, and then, of course, uh, you know, you're, you're in that you have with VH1. But, but uh, two, two more videos, yes? Yeah, yes. The second video, of course, that's released already is First Move, which is uh, one of my most simpler songs on the album. Uh, but luckily, you know, a lot of people actually connected with this, especially kids. Uh, it, it has a more simple arrangement, so it's like a reggae kind of sound. And that did really well as well. That video is currently on VH1 right now. It's playing. But the, uh, the other two songs that uh, we're going to work on videos for is Walk Up and Kiss You, the one that you played, and Devil in Blue Jeans, which is the title track for the album. And also Somebody, which is my favorite song. I don't know if it's a great single, but I really do want to make a video for that. <laughs> You know, it, 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 so the production has not begun on on the videos for any of of those uh, songs three and four yet, correct? Well, songs three and four, the production's not started. Pre-production has begun, mm-hmm. where we're we're working out locations and uh, you know what's going to be required and things like that. But, uh, but proper production hasn't started yet. But uh, they're they're storyboarded and and you know where you want to where you want to go with these. Pretty much, well, let's say 70% of storyboarding. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a promoter, so I always say that I love when uh, a guest gives an answer like that because it just is that much more incentive for the listeners to keep up with you online for details as you go and begin to film that and, and you know when it will be released and where and that type of thing. Yeah. Um, listeners, you're wondering how in the world does one get their album on the iTunes best-selling pre-orders list. I'm going to have Oliver tell you in just a minute, but first I have to tell you about Tascam. I am recording my interview with Oliver today on the Track Factory. It's an all-in-one home recording solution that Tascam came out with earlier this year, and I think it's stinking awesome. <laughs> this, this is perfect for musicians who want to record on their own, whether you're going to then take those files to a studio or just use them as demos or use them in another fashion, this past weekend, when I was up in the Florida Panhandle at the Pensacola Beach Songwriters Festival, I had my Tascam Mini Studio Creator with me, the US-42, and I also had my Tascam DR44WL. That's a handheld recorder that has four-track recording capabilities and Wi-Fi. The Mini Studio and the DR44, those allow me to record on location, and they both have very much... Uh, applications for musician use. Check out those and other audio products, microphones, headphones, a whole lot more at Tascam.com. Okay, Oliver, so what about it? How did you get your album on the iTunes best-selling pre-orders list? Amazing. Before I tell you that, Tascam sounds really interesting. I might check it out myself. Do that. Sounds pretty... Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I I was surprised, you know, to get it on the pre-orders best-selling list. I think that's a very unique feature for the UK, where it has this uh, best-selling pre-orders list. 
uh, because I checked it in America. It doesn't seem to show up on the iTunes store, but in England it does. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe this happened because uh, I released these two singles, you know, First Move and uh, New York, and I was touring. I did a lot of touring before the album was released. Uh, in fact, it was while we were producing the album that we took you know, two weeks, three weeks out to travel. So um, uh, I did uh, something called the Heartland Tour of America. So we went to uh, Iowa, Chicago, Illinois, you know, the heartland of America. We did a sure. lot of shows there and New York, of course. I do a lot of gigs in New York and uh, promoted this album, you know, songs from this album that we played at these venues with my band. And it, it, it did really well. People loved the songs and, and they were so happy to be kind of the, the few, the first few people to hear those songs live before it was released, you know. And, and we kept plugging the album as much as possible on radio, on uh, live gigs, especially live gigs. And then I also went to India, to Goa, uh, where wow. I, I, grew up, I grew up in Goa. You know, I spent a lot of years there wow. in college and school. So we went there and we did a, a festival. We headlined the WOA International Music Festival in association with 9XO and VH1 and all of them. And uh, that also definitely helped in, in fans wanting to know more about the album. So when the singles were released, and of course the music videos hit VH1, RTP, 9XO, um, we were pushing you know, the song for people to go to iTunes, Amazon, buy it. And, and I think all that, because those two songs were also on the album, kind of helped put it on a pre-orders best-selling list. Yeah, you built up enough anticipation that people were on yeah. the lookout for it. Yeah, and people were buying the single already, you know, and those singles were also part of the album. So that kind of pushed up the album further. I love it. I love it. I mentioned in the intro that you're going to be leaving England soon and touring, uh, not necessarily the United States, but in the Americas, though, where and when will this be? And, and uh, have you been there before? Uh, well, yes. In 19th of October is my uh, the kickoff to my Colombia tour. This is the first time I'm going to Colombia. Ah. But I've been to Central America. I, have, I, I toured Costa Rica last year. Uh, so this year, uh, you know, of course, we did we did India, we did America, England. And, of course, I'm, I'm putting in um, Colombia uh, as much as possible this in this 2017. So we are doing a one-week tour of Colombia to promote um, um, the Devil in Blue Jeans album. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, when you're on stage, the audience is a top priority, correct? So, the minute that you know a show is not going to go on, let your potential audience members know. You don't know who is coming that night and or how far people might be traveling from so if you're canceling for some reason or if you get rained out or whatever the case is, post on all your social media platforms right away. Again, all platforms. You don't know who checks which one and you don't want anyone to complain that we drove 45 minutes to get here. Now you're telling us the show is canceled. Don't do anything that can lose you fans. And that is today's Bruce's bonus. How about that? Helpful? 
There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show. To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format, there is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40, 41 to 80, and 81 to 120, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. Oliver, in asking you about touring in the Americas, uh, going to perform in another country sounds quite alluring, but when does an artist know that it's the right time for him or her to venture outside their own borders to perform abroad? Well, I think if, uh, you know, you reach a certain, of course, if you're just beginning out, if you're just starting out, you need to kind of build up your your, your performance and whatever in, in your local stages your local cities or whatever and then go national and then of course go international it i think you 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 will know when you're ready to go international you know when you're ready to to perform abroad it's when you're selling that kind of uh, material that kind of music you're, you're selling music that people want to buy and uh, and if you have a chance to, to to perform abroad you should take it you know, even if you think you're, you know, you have not really succeeded in, in your local region or in a, in a national level of touring. If you do get a chance to perform, uh, say, in England or in Switzerland or in India, for example, you should grab it because, mm. you know, you never know. Your market might be there. Mm. You know, it's, it's just it's just so the music industry now is not how it used to be in the 80s. You don't need to uh, say, oh, I'm going to first build up. My, of course, this is what everybody says you should do, and I did this. However, I think now you don't need to. You don't need to spend time in your local town or your country to, you know, saturate that market before you go abroad. If people abroad want to hear you and you've got fans there, go there. You know, that you should just grab it as soon as you can. Yeah, so in other words, if you look at all of your sales and you see that nothing at all has come from Europe, but all of a sudden you're going on a vacation to the UK, bring your guitar with you and play some shows while you're there. Don't say, well, I haven't sold anything over there. Well, you haven't sold anything over there yet. Exactly. Absolutely. So then here's another how-to type question to help those listeners who themselves are up-and-coming performers. I mentioned in the intro that you are a MTV Europe Music Awards nominee. How did you get that nomination? Well, I did. I didn't try to get that. I just, you know, I made, I made a great album. Uh, of course, all my albums are produced by me and Wanda Alvarez, who's actually my mom. You know, and she's always been a co-producer with me. And uh, most of my albums have been recorded in my own studio. But uh, of course, this album I recorded in my studio and at Far Heath Studios, engineered by Angus Wallace, uh, who's a great, great sound engineer. But my last album, so good. Uh, I recorded that in my bedroom, as usual. Wow, <laughs> wow. But, but of course, uh, spent a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money, whatever I could make for my shows, into my album. And uh, we made you know, a great album. I, I promoted that as much as I could. I made uh, a few music videos. The first music video of my last album hit VH1 Top 10. You know, mm. That was a major surprise for me. I, I never expected it. But as I said, I put in everything I had into that video, you know, 
uh, it was movies. The song was called Movies. And after that, we made the title uh, track, which is so good. We made a video for that. And that video, again, was hit, was put on VH1. And then VH1 and MTV decided that I should be one of the artists uh, who's who should be, you know, in, in this pool of artists for nomination uh, chance. And I, and I got into that pool and I was... Uh, uh, one of the nominees for MTV Europe Music Awards Best Worldwide Act uh, category. So in other words, uh, this was not a, a case of where you had to put out to your fans, hey, please post over here or please contact them, please let them oh, no. know. Uh, and, and similarly, did they contact you and say you have been nominated because and, and give you or, or how did you find out? Well, they called me, of course, you know, uh, I got a call from VH1. I remember it was, I think it was July uh, back in 2012. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was, no, no, sorry, it was not July. It was probably August, whatever. But uh, they called me and they said, uh, Oliver, we have some, some news for you. And I was like, what is it? And they said, uh, you've been nominated for the MTV EMA. Wow. And I was like, are you sure you're calling the right order? <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, but after that, of course, after that, you had to, you know, of course, your manager or your label, or if you're an independent artist like me, you had to get fans to vote and all of that okay. for to, okay. to win it, you know. But initial nomination, I was nominated by uh, by Viacom. You know, they they selected mm. me to be one of the nominees, and of course, you know, the people who got most votes obviously went for you know, got the award and all that. But, sure. hey, I don't care. I got nominated. You know, that's all I wanted. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, as you mentioned, Viacom, for them to recognize you and decide yeah. themselves independently that this is a video worth putting forward, that that yeah. in itself, I, I don't say that you need the validation, but that sure makes you feel good that, you know, it's not just me. I, you know, I thought it was a good video, but of course I did. It's my song. It's my video. But when you hear it from it, someone like them... You know, that's yes. that's a cherry on top, so to speak. Yeah, I think I think that's really that's that that's the kind of validation artists need. Uh, of course, you know, fan voting and all of that is great. You know, a lot of fans, a lot of these awards nowadays, it's all about how many votes you get from your fans and from from public and all that. But when an industry, a known industry uh, nominates you because they say because they're the experts, you know, and if they say something like that, it just uh, it really helps an independent artist, you know, kickstart his career or, or feel really good of, about what he's doing and wants to keep putting in more instead of feeling rejected or feeling, oh, you know what, it's too tough. Things like that. Right, because you can end up near the top of the charts in sales. And obviously that means a lot of people like your music because sale, sales are based on people purchasing it. But this is a, this is entirely different, as you say. It's someone in the industry that's saying this is how strongly we feel about this project. It's not based on sales. It's not based on yeah. uh, we got a lot of requests for this video. It's Viacom yeah. saying this this deserves a nomination. Yes, and and especially considering that there's no major label backing that CD or that artist. And of course, for example, if Sony was backing an album you know that there's going to be sales. They're going to see that there are sales. You know, they're, they're, they're going to see that they push it as much as they can. And independent artists can only do so much. Yep. And, yep. Uh, you know, so to, to be validated, not dependent on commercial sales, 
and just for the quality is just fantastic. Yeah, that's tremendous. I am speaking today with singer, songwriter, guitar player Oliver Sean. Check out his official website at olivershawn.com, and that's the S-E-A-N spelling of Sean. And wow, he is big time on social media. At the bottom of his website, you will find icons to click on for Oliver on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and more. Be sure to purchase Oliver's music and keep up with him online as well so you can see when and where you can go see him perform live. If you have noticed on the last few episodes of NHTE, I have stopped giving the listeners a long laundry list of please do this, please do that, please go here, please go there. I'm trying to just ask you for one thing each episode now. So this week, I would like to simply ask that you consider a donation to our Patreon campaign. If you enjoy this show week in and week out, if you're a performer and you find this informative, if you find value in listening, please go to nhte.net and click on the button for our Patreon campaign to say thank you by making a donation. You will see the various gifts listed there at the varying levels. Oliver, I mentioned a quote from Rolling Stone magazine back in the intro of today's show. A few weeks ago on episode 189, my guest was William Crichton, who was the first ever guest on this show from Australia. We talked about him too having been cited by Rolling Stone. How did you get the attention of such a prestigious music publication? Oh, well, um, um, I was uh, asked to send the So Good CD uh, to Rolling Stone magazine uh, for a review, you know, and uh, a few months after they got the, al- uh, the album, uh, they put a review out and I wasn't even uh, in the country. I, 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 the reason they asked me, I remember, was I was on the cover of uh, the Gulf News, which is a massive newspaper in Dubai. You know? mm. and, I, and I was on the cover of their weekly magazine, which was a surprise to me again. <laughs> because <laughs> because uh, Dubai was also kind of like hometown to me. I, I studied there. I went to the American University there. And uh, so I had friends in the, you know, who, who really loved my music. And uh, they got the Gulf News people to, to write about me. And they did a cover story. On this album which was doing so good you know about independent artists getting so many accolades and all of that and then after that one of the the review sorry one of the the reporters at the gulf news they knew somebody in in um, rolling stone magazine and they said send this album because they'd like to review it uh-huh. and i sent it in and i got a review and uh, yeah and this was this was a quote from from there fantastic <laughs> that's that's terrific yeah. I have been referring to you as a guitar player, but in fact, you actually play bass, keyboards, and drums, too. I do. I do. I play different instruments. But yes, guitar is my baby. You know, I love guitars. And uh, I've got 24 guitars. I'm a collector as well. Oh, boy, oh, boy. (laughs) And and my birthday is in a couple of days, and uh, I'm going to pick up uh, another guitar as my present to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're actually releasing this episode, this interview with Oliver on his birthday, October 11th. So if you're listening to this the day that it comes out, do go on his social media and wish him a happy birthday. So does that mean that uh, does that mean that bass does that mean that keyboards, drums? Are are you playing all of those instruments on your albums yourself? Most most of the albums, uh, for example, so good. All the drums were done by me, all the keyboards, all the guitars on this album. I've only done because in this album it's only guitars bass and drums so i've done all the guitars and vocals and of course my bass player darren edwards has done the bass and luke robinson has done the drums 
And uh, uh, I have uh, another musician who's, who plays with me, you know, who's been playing with me for the past 15 years, uh, who's not here with us, but I wanted him on the album, you know. But, of course, I didn't have a, a spot for him to play any instrument. So on the Devil in Blue Jeans song, which is the title track, there's a part where somebody screams, you know. So I told Garfield, who's, that's my best friend, Garfield Oliveira, who plays bass and guitars with me when I'm touring. Uh, so he's based in Goa. So I told him, can you record yourself screaming and send it in? <laughs> so he actually, he actually screamed on, on his iPhone a couple of screams, <laughs> sent it in to us. He chose the best one. And so when you hear that scream on Devil in Blue Jeans, that's Garfield Oliveira. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> so you've got someone recording themselves in New Jersey, someone recording themselves in Maryland, yeah. and someone recording themselves in Goa. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's a proper world album in a different sense. <laughs> yes, yes, very much so. Well, but, you know, being that you do play so many different instruments, uh, am I making too much out of it? I mean, is it an is it an adjustment for you when you do have to go out and play live shows that you know? It's I would think it's tempting to I don't want to say be critical of the drummer, be critical of the bass player, but you know you do play those yourself and and you can play it in a controlled studio environment. Or, or am I making too much out of it? Like I said, no, uh, actually uh, it kind of helps because with my band, uh, with my drummer and my bass player, when we are rehearsing. I know exactly what I want them to play. You know, of course, I give them a free hand to do what they want to do because they're mm. they're experts in their instruments. Like I'm an expert in the guitar and vocal section. However, I am good enough on the bass and the drums, and I'll tell them what I want. And, okay. and in a way that, that that really works out well because uh, I can communicate my ideas even better. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah that's a great answer. You're, you're you're even a voting member of the Grammy Awards? Yes, for 10 years now. Uh, they just sent me a certificate saying, thank you for being a member of the Grammy Awards and a 10-year uh, certificate about being a Grammy voter. That was fantastic. Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so how, how, how involved is that or, or isn't that in terms of what they ask of you? It's very involved. I mean, it, it depends on... It, there are 11,000 Grammy voters in the whole wide world. And uh, all the Grammy Awards that are given out are based on our votes only. You know, it's only these votes that matter. So I'm one of those voters, which I think is great. I'm also a member of the producer and engineer wing of the Grammy Awards as well, which is kind of cool. And then if all that isn't enough, uh, you mentioned before that you are also a filmmaker as well. Oh, yeah, I love I love making films, which is music videos, really, because as a musician, I think... Um, I'm well placed to make a good music video. You know, I I kind of I've got the pulse of what a music video should have. Uh, very raw kind of videos, but uh, you know the channels that I that I work with, which is the biggest channels that I know of, which is VH1 and MTV. They like those videos that I make, and uh, they like my videos that I make, and also the videos that I make for other musicians. And uh, that's kind of picking up now a lot of musicians want to make music videos with me because uh, i make great videos but to clarify are you only making music videos or have you made short films or maybe even full-length films at any point no i have not made um, a short-length film or a full-length film of course i've studied that on my own you know i've, I've gone through books and videos and uh, lectures and everything for filmmaking but i use all uh, 
all those ideas and all the studies that I've gone through to make music videos, like short stories, you know, like short films. So um, I, I consider myself great at making three and four minute music videos. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay. hopefully, hopefully someday I might want to make a short film or get involved in a feature film. I don't know. But I'm too much into my music to really <laughs> think about that as a, for now, you know. But making music videos, I love doing it, and I, it's because I think I'm good at it, you know. Well, and and on that note, you know, we're just about finished here. But I, I want to clarify because from everything you've said, it sounds to me as though, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds to me as though music is your full time job, and that you're for all intents and purposes doing all this by yourself. I mean, you've had tremendous, tremendous success. And yet I don't hear you listing all kinds of managers and agents and different firms that you're working with. Am, am I correct on both counts that, that music is full time for you and you're, you're for all intents and purposes doing this all on your own? Yeah, I think I'm one of the quintessential DIY artists. I think so, you know, because I've done everything on my own since the, since the beginning. Uh, yes, I've worked with labels or, uh, you know, with distribution teams, just purely for distribution. But everything sure. other than that is, is me and, of course, my mother, who's my manager. You know, she's the only person who's, uh, who I've trusted with my career. And well, she's been, yeah. It's just fantastic. It's, it's tremendous inspiration for independent artists, especially those who obviously are listening to us talk right now, because you've gone through quite a resume, not only in this interview, but things that I wasn't even able to get to on, on today's episode. And it does give encouragement. It does give hope to the indie artists out there who think that they can't achieve these kind of things without the help of insert firm here that they think they need to be signed up with. So uh, tremendous congratulations to you. Thank you very much. And also, if, if I can just say something to the, you know, young independent artists who are just getting out there Please. or older independent artists who are trying to get into the industry. You don't need uh, a label. You don't need a manager. You can do it on your own. You know, you can. You just need to believe in yourself and uh, and you need to know how to, to deal with rejection because most of the time, the rejection that you get is not because they don't like your music. It's because they don't know how to work with you or they don't know what they can do with your music because it's so freaking fantastic. <laughs> you know? So, well, so don't, don't let people put you down. Go out there and just make your music. Yeah, and at the risk of stating the obvious, you have to believe in yourself because if you don't, then how can you expect others exactly. to believe in you that you are trying to take your music to? Yes, absolutely. Well, we're going to close today with another song of yours. You've mentioned its title a few times, Devil in Blue Jeans. So before we yeah. let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, if you would, please. All right. I must tell you that Devil in Blue Jeans is the only kind of blues rock, kind of harder song on this album. All the other songs are more, uh, you know, aside from a song called Magic, uh, most of them are very acoustic rock, as I said. But Devil in Blue Jeans is me giving you a taste or what's going to come in on my fifth album, which is going to be very ah, heavy. Wow. <laughs> Off, you know. And uh, a lot of critics uh, really like this side of my music, the, the harder side, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a songwriter, and I like writing romantic and, and chilled out tracks. But on stage, I love giving you the rock performance, you know. So this song kind of shows you a little bit of that. So try and keep an open mind when you listen to this song. It's, it's a very, very easy song to listen to but it's blues rock at its best you know at its, at its hardest i should say 
Yeah, I noticed when you sent me both of the songs for today's show that they were very different from each other in, in terms of style. Pol- pole opposites. Yeah, um, but just before we let you go and before we play it, just just tell the listeners you know, what this song is about, though. Oh, well, this is kind of a naughty song. <laughs> <laughs> it, it talks about, you know, a, you know the, the, the kind of woman you might want to be with who may not be really good for you but you still want to go ahead and be with that kind of woman because <laughs> it's it's really good <laughs> in a bad way. <laughs> so am I understanding, Oliver, are you writing all these songs by yourself? Because I don't really th- recall that, that you've said much about co-writing throughout this interview. Yeah, I've written all my songs on my own. I compose and write wow. everything. For New York, of course, I had a PM do the rap part, you know. So he, he did the rap section of that song right at the end of New York. And Stacey Shulman did arrangements for her backing vocals that she's put in. But the composition of all the songs and, and the lyrics and everything is all me. It's, it's, it's always been me in all my albums. Tremendous, tremendous. Well, Oliver, continued success to you. Uh, really don't need to say that because you're doing wonderfully already. But uh, all the best and thank you so much for making time to talk with me today. Thank you, Bruce. And it's, it's, it's guys like you and shows like yours that actually keep musicians like me going you know going strong so thank you very much well thank you for saying that it means a lot listeners that will do it for this week's episode of now hear this entertainment my sincere thanks to singer songwriter and i will call him multi-instrumentalist oliver sean do visit his official website it's oliversean.com again with his last name being spelled s-e-a-n And as always, do engage with him on social media, like his Facebook page, follow him on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to his YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell him you heard him in his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. And of course, do purchase Oliver's music and be sure to keep up with him online for information on when and where you can go see him perform live. And remember that Now Hear This Entertainment is at home on the web at nhte.net which is where you can find the button I mentioned before for our Patreon campaign. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Oliver Sean. This is the one he just talked about. It's called Devil in Blue Jeans. She moved